the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Thursday, September the 14th, 2023, in the year of our Lord. Today on September 14, 1901, President William McKinley died in Buffalo, New York. He died of gunshot wounds inflicted by an assassin. Vice President Theodore Roosevelt succeeded him. Today in 1861, the first naval engagement of the, of the uh, Civil War took place. USS Colorado attacked and sank the Confederate private schooner Judah off Pensacola, Florida. Today in 1867, the first volume of Das Kapital, that's the writing of Karl Marx, it was published in Hamburg, Germany. What that means and what it was about, he, Marx in it was arguing that an economic system based on uh, private property is inherently unstable and evil. Workers are exploited by factory owners and don't own the products of their labor, he said, making them little better than machines. That's the simple version of what he wrote. Interestingly enough, he didn't finish that. Uh, he, he died before he finished it. But it was Frederick Engels, his compadre, who took his notes and finished writing what Frederick thought Carl would would have written had he lived longer. So it's kind of an interesting thing. But it's a, just an attack on capitalism, pure and simple. And certainly capitalism has its flaws. But I can tell you socialism and communism are something much, much worse. And I think most of us recognize that if we even raise up and look out our window for five seconds and know what's going on in our world today. We still have the better system. And the Bible, in fact, the Bible teaches capitalism in the parable of the talents. I've talked about that on this program before. It's it's a biblical, can it be misused? Of course it can, and it is. But uh, what Marx was advocating for brought about the death of millions and the destruction of, of every culture that it touched. So he, uh, he had his time, but that's been pretty much you know, found to be not workable when it's been applied to a to a real society. As long as you're in a classroom somewhere, in a room writing theory, and boy, this sounds like a good idea. It doesn't affect that many people negatively or positively. But when you put it into practice, and that's one of the problems we have here in America today, we got theory running out of our ears. I mean, these guys are sitting around in college campuses and classrooms and the Barack Obamas of the world, and he was one who did, in the classroom, you know, theorizing all these things that are wrong with America and how we can make it different, we can remake America and so on. But somehow when you bring some of these unhinged theories and philosophies into the, into the mainstream of living in real life, they break down pretty quickly. Marx, Marx's writings would be an example of that. Today in 1982, President Grace of Monaco, formerly Grace Kelly, the movie star, she died at age 52 of injuries from a car crash 
the day before. That was there were some real questions about that car crash. There were, in fact, people were saying that the brake lines to the wheels of the car had been cut so that the brakes would fail, and she was coming down a steep hill there in the mountains, coming down to the city. And uh, when that car crash happened. Today in 2001, Americans packed churches, clogged public squares on a day of remembrance for the victims of September the 11th. President George Bush, he prayed for his cabinet. He prayed with his cabinet. He attended services at Washington National Cathedral. Then he flew to New York, where he waded into the ruins in the Trade Center and addressed rescue workers. Remember, he got on that bullhorn and they said, can you hear me? And the guy said to him and the worker and Bush said, yeah, I can hear you. And he said, very soon the whole world's going to hear you and they're going to hear from the United States and so on. That was a very famous, became a famous moment, but it was a very uh, endearing moment to most of us in America today as we were still in shock from what had happened on 9-11. Just hours after the U.S. House of Representatives returned to the business of the American people following their August recess, they take off the month of August every year, Speaker Kevin McCarthy He's a Republican from California. He officially announced that the Republicans were opening an impeachment inquiry against President Joe Biden. He said, we have found that President Biden did lie about his own knowledge of his family's foreign business dealings. McCarthy explained that they and he said we've joined on he was he joined on multiple phone calls and multiple interactions with Hunter's business partners. The speaker recounted of the evidence already uncovered by the House committees. He said bank records show that nearly $20 million in payments were directed to the Biden family, members and associates through various shell companies. We've heard this about this before. Well, he's repeating it now, and it's part of this inquiry, uh, and they're beginning formal inquiry into the Biden family. The cartel really is what it is, and uh, all of these shell corporations they've set up and money is flowing through them like crazy and there's layer upon layer upon layer of deception. The bank records show that nearly $20 million has been directed to the Biden family, more than 150 transactions involving the Biden family and other business associates were flagged. Banks have a a way of, of watching those electronically and when they see something that is out of the ordinary for an individual on any bank account, they flag it as a suspicious activity report. It's an ASAR, S-A-R. There were 150 of those that were flagged with the Biden money flowing around from shell corporation to shell corporation to shell corporation, then finally to one of the members, family members' bank accounts. Now Biden and his leftist colleagues are claiming there's no evidence of wrongdoing. (laughs) And as I said yesterday, I talked a little bit about this yesterday. I said that they keep morphing on on changing words and changing meaning. And at first he said he didn't know anything about Biden's or Hunter Biden's business. Joe Biden did, said that. And then he said later, then he started saying, well, I've never been in business with Hunter, and his press secretary was was echoing that. Now they're saying there's no evidence. There, and, and as of just yesterday and today, this morning, 
they're saying there's no direct evidence. So they keep changing words, which is typical of of the left and and relativism and their you know ideas about secularism and 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 all of this kind of thing. So this isn't unusual that they do this, but will they be able to hoodwink the country? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But the the White House is definitely on the defense, and they're lashing out. And they put out a lengthy memo, and I wanted to just share that with you. They put it out yesterday, and I wanted to share that with you this morning. I've got some other things I want to talk to you about as well, about a story in Como News this morning, and we'll get back to that. It says the Earth is exceeding its safe operating space for humanity in six of nine key measurements of its health, and two of the remaining three are headed in the wrong direction. This new study says, I want to take a look at that because it's very revealing as to the times in which we live. But anyway, the White House is on defense and they're lashing out. They put out this lengthy memo. And normally I wouldn't even take the time to talk about a memo that the White House put out. I mean, because usually it's, you know, much to do about nothing from what I've gathered. But this is very interesting, what they put out. It shows that Biden is is feeling the pinch for sure. Here's the memo. It's time for the media to ramp up. This is from the White House to the media. It's, it's t- And I'm quoting. It's time for the media to ramp up its scrutiny of House Republicans for opening an impeachment inquiry based on lies. But even ha- House Republican members are admitting that there is simply no evidence. This is two House uh, Republicans that are not cooperating with uh, McCarthy. And they're saying they don't see the evidence. And why they're doing that, I don't know. But they are, and they're supposedly Republicans. That's who Biden is referring to here, uh, what he says this in this memo. He said, when even House Republican members are admitting that there's no, uh, there's simply no evidence that Joe Biden did anything wrong, much less impeachable, that should set off alarm bells for news organizations. You didn't know that the White House told the news what to cover and when to cover it and what to say, but you probably didn't know by now, but isn't it amazing that we're at that point in America? For years, Republicans in Congress have tried to muddy the waters, they say in this memo, by attracting media coverage of their allegations. And as they choose to move forward with impeachment, it's the responsibility of the independent press to treat their claims with the appropriate scrutiny. In other words, the White House is telling the press in America that you better really... uh, uh, report on this with a great amount of scrutiny. In other words, you better cover me on this. That's what he's saying. He said, uh, covering impeachment as a process story, Republicans say X, but the White House says Y, is a disservice to the American people who rely on the independent press. If the press is independent, why is he telling them what to say to hold those in power accountable? The memo continues. House Republican leaders should be held accountable for the fact that they are lurching toward impeachment over allegations that are not only unfounded, but in virtually all cases have been actively disproven, including by witnesses and documents in their own investigations, as well as years-old congressional probes and even former president's first impeachment inquiry. He's talking about Trump there. As you begin to cover the House GOP's impeachment, push more intensely. Endorsed, you will find, enclosed, you will find a 14-page appendix that comprehensively addresses the seven key lies House Republicans are suggesting they are basing on impeachment. 
we hope this document helps provide you with factual information. This is the White House talking to the, quote, free, unbiased press. We hope this document helps provide you with factual information useful in your reporting on their unprecedented, unfounded claims underlying an impeachment inquiry without any evidence of wrongdoing. It's time for the media to ramp up its scrutiny of House Republicans for opening an impeachment inquiry based on lies, when even House Republican members are admitting that there is simply no evidence that Joe Biden did anything wrong. For years, Republicans in Congress have tried to muddy the waters by attracting media attention and so on. House Republican leaders, they say, should be held accountable for the fact that they are lurching toward impeachment over the allegations that not only are unfounded, but virtually in all cases are untrue. Now, the White House is in damage control. And we'll keep an eye on this, of course, and we'll keep we'll keep talking about it on this program, and we'll see where this goes. I, I can't imagine that they'll be able to convince America. I can see where they w- will be able to convince a judge because there are judges out there, and they know how to pick and choose when when they're in power, and they do have the majority of the power base. The Republicans have control of the House, of course, but they do not have the control of the Senate and certainly not the White House. So the power leans toward Joe Biden on this issue, and he knows that, of course. And so they're going to try to skew this. They're going to try to bend this, not toward the truth, but bend it away from the truth, obviously, because there's not a great deal of character involved uh, in this whole matter. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on that, and we'll see what happens with this. I don't know if that would be a good thing for America or not if Joe Biden were actually impeached and removed from office. I don't think many people think that he will be. I don't think he'll be removed from office. I think he should be, but I don't think he can be uh, because the Democrats have the have the majority uh, of the the White House and the and the Senate. But we'll keep an eye on this. We'll watch it as it develops. We'll be talking about it on the program and keeping you updated with some commentary on what's happening happening as well as what actually is happening. I wanted to take some moments this morning to talk to you about an article that I found in the um, my office actually found in the in Como News today. It's interesting. Because of the approach of what they're saying, it's about climate change, but it's taking a different tack than we've heard from many. I want to talk to you because it could be very used very deceptively. Como News chose to run it. I looked into it a little bit, and a number of other news sources across the country have run, run this same story over the last couple of days. It's important to the news media, apparently, that they get this word out because it it advances climate change and climate crisis. I talked the other day about how people uh, skew this guy from uh, Johns Hopkins. Uh, a doctor was talking about how he skewed a report or a, a, a paper that he wrote because he knew they w- it, w- it wouldn't be peer-reviewed if he told the truth. And so he wrote the paper according to what he knew they wanted to see, and they did see it, and they did peer-review it, which gives 
anybody's any scientist's work uh, legitimacy uh that's the way it works and the by the peer review process so he got his peer review then he turned around and wrote an article for the free press and i talked about that on this program he talked he wrote an article for the free press and he showed how he left out things that he believes and that science has shown and but he he knew what he had to write to get the grant to get the approval so he could get grants to continue studying and it was it was kind of amusing really and and affirming to those of us who look at all of this with a skeptical eye. So anyway, this is about the Earth. And as I said, Como News carried it. Uh, I would assume they had it on their TV station, or at least a reduced form of this. But let me talk to you a little bit about this. It says the Earth is exceeding its safe operating space for humanity. And six of nine key measurements of, of its health, and two of the remaining three, are headed in the wrong direction, this new study says. Earth's climate, biodiversity, land, freshwater, nutrient pollution, and novel chemicals. And by novel chemicals, they say in parentheses, they mean human they mean human-made compounds like microplastics and nuclear waste. They said we're all out of whack. A group of international scientists on Wednesday in the journal Science Advances. They talked about this issue. Only the acidity of the oceans, the health of the air, and the ozone layer are within the boundaries considered safe. Both ocean and air pollution are heading in the wrong direction, the study says. We are in very bad shape. This study co-authored this Johan Rockström. He's the director of Potsdam uh, Institute for Climate Impact Research in Germany. He says, we show in this analysis that the planet is losing resilience. The patient is sick, meaning Mother Earth, of course. In 2009, Rockstrom and other researchers created nine different broad boundary areas and used scientific measurements to judge Earth's health as a whole, like a patient. Wednesday's paper was an update from 2015 and it added a sixth factor to the unsafe category. Water went from barely safe in the out-of-bounds character because of the worsening river runoff and better measurements and understanding of the problem and so on. They said these boundaries determine the fate of the planet. Rockstrom is a climate scientist. The nine factors that have been scientifically well-established by numerous outside studies, he said, are all holding up. If Earth can manage these nine factors, they say, Earth can be relatively safe. But it's not. In most of the cases, the team uses other peer-reviewed science to create measurable thresholds for a safety boundary. For example, they use 350 parts per million of carbon dioxide in the air instead of the Paris Climate Agreement's 1.5 degrees or 2.7 degrees Fahrenheit of warming since pre-industrial times. This year, carbon in the air peaked at 424 parts per million. The nine factors, they say, are intermingled. These nine factors that they've set up as boundaries for the climate, the health, of the Earth, Mother Earth. When the team used computer simulations, they found that making one factor worse, like the climate of biodiversity, 
made other earth environmental issues degrade while helping while fixing one helps others in other words there it's a domino kind of effect if you if you fix the earth then all of these boundary categories will be fixed and if you if you don't fix it if you ignore it all of the categories will will fail they'll they'll find they won't find success so this rockstrom said that it was like a simulated stress test for the planet like when you go to the doctor and they give you a stress test for your heart and so on the stimulations show they say in this report that one of the most powerful means that humanity has at its disposal to co- combat climate change is cleaning up its land and saving its forests what do they mean by saving its forests every time every year we have these massive fires that, uh, that we i mean we've always had forest fires i i grew up here in the northwest but it seemed they're getting worse and they keep saying climate change, climate change. And every night you turn on your television, it's climate change, but yet they refuse to manage the forests. by managing them. I mean, go in there and let real people walk around on the sacred ground of, you know, the forests and clean out the mess, clean out all the dead trees, the brush and, and yes, thin out some trees in cases. I mean, they won't allow that. The environmentalists just have put a lid on it. That's part of the problem. I mean, I'm not a scientist of any kind or a, or a bio-nothing. But, man, I mean, anybody knows that if they've lived around the forests. If you manage them, you don't have the problems to the degree that we do now. If you don't manage them, you do. But biodiversity is a fundamental is fundamental to keeping the carbon cycle and the water cycle intact, he says. So, so he says the biggest headache we have today is the climate crisis and biodiversity crisis. This guy from the University of Michigan weighs in on this story, Jonathan Overpeck. He, he wasn't part of the study, but he say it's deep. But he is in part of this story. He says deeply, it's deeply troubling, and its implication for the planet and people should be worried. They always want people to be worried. They don't want anyone to find peace. We should be worried. The shots are coming. How many times have you seen on news, on your local news, if you watch it at all, how many times have you been told over the last two weeks that the, the COVID-19 is on the rise and your shots are waiting for you? You've got to get these shots. Of course you've got to get those shots. There are, there's a group of people, Dr. Fauci none the least, that's waiting for their royalty checks. I mean, they're out front, and this is a big, it's a money deal. There's a lot of questions about these COVID shots that aren't answered. I'm not opposed to vaccines. I'm just saying, in in truth, there's a lot of questions that haven't been answered. That's true in climate. That's true in every category of of concern or, or discussion of the left. They simply can't handle the truth. And they keep making up the truth. It doesn't matter what it is. Whether it's Joe Biden's um, inquiry now, impeachment inquiry, or whether it's the climate, or whether it's the shots. I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. They always, always stir up fear. Because fear helps them control people. Talking about Karl Marx, he was a great advocate of fear as a tool. So this, he says this analysis, this overpeck says this analysis is balanced in that it clearly sounds 
like a flashing red alarm. But he said, it's not overly alarmist. <laughs> In other words, more it is to come. He said, but it's importantly, he said, there's hope because we can fix the earth. The fact that the ozone layer is the sole improving factor shows that when the world and its leaders decided to recognize and act on a problem, it can be fixed. And for the most part, there are things that we know how to do to improve the remaining problems. This guy, this Neil Donahue, he's a a professor at, I think, Carnegie Mellon Chemistry. Uh, He's an environmental professor. So some biodiversity scientists, such as Duke's Stuart Pym, have long disputed uh, Rockstrom's methods and measures, saying it makes the results not worth much. So we've got the protagonists, the anti-people, and all of them are converging on this climate change thing because they can create fear, they can stir fear. We are on a collision with, with destiny, eternity. And we've got to fix the earth to save ourselves. That's what they're saying. And they're approaching it from a very highbrow scientific point of view, quote unquote. This Carnegie Mellon, uh, Mellon guy, he, he's an uh, engineering professor. Uh, his name is Gr- uh, Granger Morgan. He wasn't part of the study, but he said, experts don't agree on exactly where the limits are or how much the planet's different systems may interact, but we're getting dangerously close to the end of the Earth. I've often said if you don't quickly cut back on how we are stressing the Earth, we're toast, he says. He said, this paper says... It's more likely we're burnt toast. I understand that God has given us dominion, responsibility over his creation. The real paper that's been written will stand forever. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple, the psalmist writes. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And verse after verse after verse in Genesis chapter 1 gives us the outline of how all of these things came into being. You can either believe that or deny it. If you deny it, you find yourself with this group out here stirring up fear, raising money to keep studying what they cannot study because because (laughs) the wise, (laughs) the wise have not found this a simple matter. They've complicated it. They've stirred it up. They've made it into a whole movement. It's now a religion, for the most part, here in America. And yet God gives us a very, very clear account of how this happened. If you don't believe in creation, biblical creation, it's very difficult to believe in anything else in the Bible. It all starts with God created the heaven and the earth. And it goes through here and it talks about dominion and over the responsibility and so on. It's interesting how these people say it's all going to end if we don't act now. In Genesis chapter 8, verse 22, 
The Bible says, While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night, shall not cease. Don't worry about climate change so much as worry about where we are with the Creator in our personal lives. Thanks for being with me today. I'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.